Hey everyone, welcome back or welcome to the Human Condition Podcast. You know, when I planned the podcast, I wanted to make an episode every week, but I've come to realize how difficult it is to be consistent, especially when things aren't going too well for you. So I'm going to try to release an episode every two weeks from now, and I'm saying it on the podcast, so I have a bit of accountability. Having said that, let's move on to today's topic. One of the most fundamental experiences all humans and conscious beings, for that matter, have is the experience of time. Time is also at the heart of the physics that defines how the universe is. Physics like special relativity, which Einstein had suggested. The concept of time is also at the heart of any kind of ontology, which deals with questions concerning our existence. For example, why do we or why does the universe exist rather than not exist, right? These are fundamental questions about the universe and about ourselves. So the philosophy of time will seep through any kind of physics or mathematics because of how fundamentally important it is. In this episode though, we're going to discuss some basic views on time which is how Newton and Einstein looked at time. And we'll also discuss some theories of time, which try to explain how time is, what the structure of time is. We're going to try to do that without any fancy physics because, well, I'm not a physicist. All right, let's get going. Time, up until Einstein, was looked at as an absolute unit. People like Isaac Newton imagine time and space to be absolute. What does it mean by time and space being absolute? Well, simply put, absolute time is not relative. It does not depend on anything else in the universe. It acts independently. For Newton, who was a classical physicist, the world and the universe worked basing itself on classical mechanics. His idea was that the world was a clock-like machine and time operates metronomically, tick, 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 without any intervention or without depending on whatever else was happening. And so was space for him. For Newton, how the world looked like was like a portrait. I think that's a good analogy because what's the difference between a portrait and a picture? Well, a portrait has different layers to it, which are independent of each other. Whereas in a picture, the layers all intermingle and come together. In a portrait, you could isolate the layers and put them all together to form the final image. So for Newton, time and space were like that. In the portrait of the universe, time and space were absolute layers, if I may use that term and these act independently. And this was important for Newton because of his classical mechanics. If the world did not work like a clock or like a machine, his physics would fail. But then came Einstein, a few hundred years later, to prove one of the greatest scientists of all time wrong. He thought that space and time were very much related. His theories about relativity showed that space and time were kind of one single unit. It's like a jelly 
that shapes itself depending on how fast things are moving in the universe. His breakthrough idea, which changed the world of physics, was that the speed of light was constant. It does not depend on how observers move. Now Newton would have said this is totally bonkers because according to him, if someone is running towards me with the speed of light and I run towards them with some speed, I would look at them with their speed plus my speed combined. But if nothing can exceed the speed of light, as Einstein said, that means something has to change. Something has to adjust, whether it's time or space. Time, according to Einstein, has the ability to dilate, which is to slow down. In order to accommodate for the fact that nothing can go faster than light, time itself has to slow down. If you look at speed, what is speed? It is distance divided by time, right? Or space divided by time, because distance is just the amount of space covered. So if we need the speed to be constant, what do we need to do? We need to twerk either the space or the time to keep the speed at a constant. This was totally different from Newton, who thought that space and time do not interact. They just mind their own business. Newton thought that time would pass the same for anyone who is traveling at the speed of light or someone who is at rest. But Einstein came along and said, space and time are related, they are relative. That's where the whole physics of relativity begins. Of course, what I said is very, very, very basic and there's so much more complexity to it, a lot of which I don't clearly understand. But what is understood is that we can no longer look at time or any philosophy of time without including the concept of space. We need to look at space-time. Okay, now let's come to the actual philosophy of time. Now there's two aspects to the philosophy of time. One is the phenomenology of time. This deals with the experience of time, how humans or how conscious beings experience time, how we perceive time and how we remember time and so on. Time sometimes passes quickly in our heads, sometimes slowly, let's say when we are bored. So phenomenology deals with experiences and our perception of time. Another aspect is how time is, not how we experience it, but rather how is it physically. What is the structure of time? That's the metaphysics of time. And this is what we're going to be looking at in this episode. The metaphysics of it. A little side note, in a month or so, I will be defending my master's thesis, which is related to the metaphysics of time. It's a very specific problem in the metaphysics of time, which I won't be discussing here. But yeah, I'm excited. Alright, so before we talk about the theories of time, we need to get two terms cleared up. Those are the A theories and the B theories. Now most of us, I would imagine, are A theory believers. A theories say that there is such a thing as the present. We all think that we experience the present. What is happening right now, as I'm typing this, is the present for me. The time at which you are listening to this is the present for you. So according to A theories, present is a real thing. If the present is a real thing, whatever happened before the present must be the past 
and whatever will happen after the present will be the future. So A theories of time say that the past, the present and the future exist and they are real things. And the present is somewhat special in that it is happening now, whenever that now is. The B theories on the other hand say that there is no such thing as the present or the past or the future. Events just happen before or after one another. They're not in the past or in the future. If you look at a book with page numbers, 23 is merely before 24 and merely after 22. But there is nothing special with 23 itself. That is, there is no present according to the B theorists. According to them, the whole universe already exists. It just exists. There is nothing called the present and we are just beings that are at some coordinate in this universe, some coordinate of space and some coordinate of time. The whole universe is like a block. It's a four-dimensional block, the fourth dimension being space-time. We can't imagine what a four-dimensional block is, but think of it as a loaf of bread. As we slice the bread into different slices, we get different space-times. There is nothing special about any one slice of bread. What we think is the present is just one slice. But if we go back to a couple of slices, or if we move forward to a few slices, the beings there also think they are at the present. But the A theories say that, nah, there is actually something about the present. There are different A theories, of course, and one of them is presentism. They say, that only the present exists. There is no past, there is no future. They're not real. The only thing that's real is the present. Dinosaurs aren't real. Hitler isn't real, thank fucking God. Whatever exists in the store for future isn't real, whether it be flying cars or sex robots. Wait, that's right now? Anyway, the point is, the only thing that is real right now is the present. It's like cutting one slice of the bread loaf and saying only one slice of the loaf is real at any given time. The slice that is real keeps changing because what is present is also constantly changing. But it's only that one slice of the universe that we call is present which is real. Not everyone agrees to this. Some people say the present is real but so is the past. We know that we've experienced all these things in the past and they seem so real, but we haven't experienced the future which makes it not real, yet. These people are another kind of atheorists, the growing block theorists. As the name tells us, these are weird people who think that the past and the present are real and the block, which is the universe, keeps growing and keeps getting more and more slices of space-time added to it constantly. So the past is just as real as the present, but the future does not exist. It will exist as more time keeps passing and more of the block keeps getting added to the already existing block that is the universe. That's why the name Growing Block Theory. The block is constantly growing. And whatever is at the edge of the block is the present. So right now, when I think I am the present, 
I'm at the edge of the universe. And more and more of the universe or the block is being added as we speak. And it will continue to be added for the rest of eternity. That's a strange theory, but not very uncommon, surprisingly. Another A theory is the moving spotlight theory. This theory says that the presentist is an idiot and the growing block theorist is a weirdo. They say that the past is just as real as the present, which is just as real as the future. So, the whole universe already exists. But unlike the B theorists, who say that the present does not exist or is not special, the moving spotlight theory guys say that the present is real and it is special. It is special because it has a spotlight over it. Now, there's no literal spotlight, but a metaphorical one. They mean that the present is real because that's what the light shines on. That's what comes alive. And this present or this spotlight is moving. It is constantly moving into the future. And that's why we get this feeling of the future unfolding before us. It already exists and everything is predetermined. There is no novelty. Whatever you did, whatever you're doing, and whatever you will do is all fixed. But what you feel is the present is when the spotlight is on that part of the space-time. That's why we feel intuitively that the present is moving. Yesterday, when I was watching that movie, I believed that I was watching it in the present. Today, when I'm typing the script out, I believe I am in the present. As I'm sure tomorrow, when I'm doing something, I will believe doing it in the present. So, a quick recap of the A theories. The presentist thinks only the present is real. The growing block theorist thinks only the past and the present are real. The moving spotlight theorist thinks that the past, the present and the future are all real, but it's just the present that is something special. The B theorist, on the other hand, thinks that all these people are idiots. They're naively thinking that they're in the present when there is no such thing as the present. I mean, think of it like this. The universe is 13.7 billion years old and of all the times that exist and of all the times that could be present, we are so privileged that the time that we are existing right now is the present time. That's ridiculous. That's what the B theorists think. Of course, every theory has its problems. The presentist has a problem explaining how, if only the present is real, things can seemingly appear out of nothing, because they say that the future is not real. So how can the present keep changing, and how can new things come into existence from seemingly nowhere? That's bizarre. How do they account for change in that regard? How does the universe change if only the present is real? The growing block theory and the moving spotlight theory face problems with knowing which time is present. Basically, if they are saying that the past is just as real as the present, it means that there is someone in the past thinking that they exist in the present because everyone thinks that they always experience the present. But the people in the past are clearly mistaken because we know that they are in the past, because we are in the present. But 
What is to say that we are not mistaken? How can we say that we are present? Maybe we are in the past too. Maybe the actual present is in the year 2413 and we are just here in 2021 thinking we are present. How strange is that? So, these are the kinds of problems that the different theories of time face and philosophers are working to find answers to these problems and hoping to come up with a theory of time that can best explain how time really works because for now, no one really fucking knows. I hope I could convey the basics of the philosophy of time but there is so much more to it and if you are interested, please reach out to me and we can discuss. I hope I was able to spark some kind of interest for you to think about time in a different way and to ponder about the human condition that is time. Thank you for listening. See you later.